Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us online today. Hey, before we even get started, let me go ahead and encourage you to click those share buttons and invite friends to be a part of our worship experience today. And uh, maybe you want to start your own watch party. We have found that many people have enjoyed uh, using that feature on Facebook called Watch Parties. It's just a great tool. Uh, you simply notifies your friends, your Facebook friends to hop on and be a part of our worship experience, even as it's going live right now. But again, Again, I just want to say thank you for worshiping with us and being a part of this uh, online worship experience. Hey, I want to take just a moment and just give a little shout out and kind of a yay God and yay you for inviting friends and uh, sharing the message and the opportunity for people to join us last Sunday, Easter Sunday. Hey, the first digital Easter ever in history. And do you know that out of our uh, different channels or platforms that we uh, broadcasted our service, we had 7,069 people that viewed our services online on Easter Sunday. And so glory to God, thank you so much for inviting people. And it's the beauty about technology and all that God is now able to do and use because of the simplicity of inviting people to watch online. But here's the good news. And the good news is, is that we had 15 people that texted in and said, hey, I prayed that prayer. I invited Jesus into my life. And so 15 people's lives were greatly impacted, eternal uh, decisions, life change that took place in the hearts and lives of those that made those awesome decisions. And so once again, praise God for all that he's done. I'm excited for what he's not only doing, but all that he's going to continue to do. Hey, let me just invite you to join us immediately after we're finished here in a few moments. Uh, we're going to be having what we call a virtual lobby, kind of like a, a normal church experience. When you go to church, when you leave the service, you go out into the lobby. Sometimes you grab some refreshments, you hang out, you visit with the friends. We're going to be doing that very thing here in a few moments on Facebook Live. Michelle and I, my wife, we're going to be having a Q a. We're going to drill a little deeper from today's message, and we'd love to hear from you. And by the way, if you have prayer requests, maybe something that you're facing right now, or maybe you'd like for us to pray for someone else that's heavy on your heart, hey, text me. I'd love to know how I can pray for you. You can text that number on the screen and uh, and let us know. Just say, hey, you know, pray for me, or here's my prayer request, and that will shoot you a form you can fill out to actually give us more detail on those specific things that we can pray for. But we want you to know we take prayer very seriously. And we have uh, prayer uh, team members that would love to stand with you in prayer as well. And then this evening at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, my wife Michelle and I, we're actually going to be hosting what we call a Sunday social. Typically, we have people in our homes uh, here locally that have been uh, attending our church, that are relatively new to our church, and there's no agenda 
We just invite people in our home so that we can put faces and names together. Well, we're going to be doing that very thing tonight at 5 p.m., but we're doing it in a virtual format using Zoom. And so if that's something you would like to join us uh, with at 5 p.m. today, let me know. Just text that number on the screen and say Zoom call. We'll know what that means, and we'll send you the, the actual Zoom link so that you can join us at 5 p.m. today. We'd love just to hang out. Uh, again, put faces and names together and get to know one another. Well, we're excited about all that God is doing. And today we are starting a brand new message series called How to Get Through What You're Going Through. Now we're all going through something. Our whole world is going through something. But I think the bigger question is, is how do you get through what you're going through? And in light of everything that we're going through right now, maybe what you're going through right now, here's my question that I'd like to ask. And the question is this, in light of what you're going through, what is it that you would like to change? Because you might be one of the 22 million plus people in America that currently is without a job. And you're thinking, I'd like to change my job situation. I'd like to have my job back, or I'd like to get a, a new and better job. Some of you maybe are going through a difficult time physically. Maybe you've just gotten a, a recent um, medical diagnosis. Maybe you're going through a health condition. Maybe you know someone, a friend, a family member that's going through a difficult time physically, and you would like to change what's going on in your life or maybe someone else's life re regarding their medical condition. Maybe you're single. Maybe you're in a situation where you think, man, I have been just going crazy, being alone, quarantined, and I'm craving for companionship and relationships. And, you know, I just want to be able to change my current relationship status, you know, whatever it is. But here's the thing. We all wish that we could change maybe the circumstances that we're all currently facing right now, whether it's financial, physical, just in our vocation, our job situation. But what I want to share with you are three important statements. And if you have something to write with, maybe a journal, something that you could write these three statements um, down with, this is really key and foundational to everything we're going to be talking about here in the next couple of weeks. And here are the three statements. Number one is this. We all have a what, but we don't always understand the why. We all have a what, but we don't always understand the why. The second statement goes like this. God always has a why behind the what that we don't understand. God always has a why behind the what that we don't understand. And the third statement is this. I don't have to understand the why to trust God for the what. I don't have to understand the why to trust God for the what. Now, those are three important statements, like I said, that are foundational to help you get through what you're going through. And we're going to unpack those today, and we're going to learn something from, I believe, one of the most inspirational biblical leaders of all time. It's the Apostle Paul. In fact, here's the backstory, real quick, in case you're maybe new to church, new to the Bible, maybe you've heard of the Apostle Paul. But here's the thing, before he was known as the Apostle Paul, he was known as Saul. And Saul was actually at one time uh, one who was known for persecuting Christians and even organizing um, persecutions to the point of even putting Christians to death. And so he was a very violent, angry, bitter individual until one day he had a personal encounter with God. God radically changed his life. And as a result, Saul eventually became Paul the Apostle. And so he became this amazing 
uh, preacher and teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was also a church planner. And so 20 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul started a church in a place called Philippi. It's a city in Greece. And he joined with some um, individuals, some brothers and sisters in Christ. They really became a spiritual family, and they started this church. So after they began this church, and he got it all established and, and um, got everything structured, he left, and he began traveling once again. And his dream, his vision was to eventually travel to Rome so that he could preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And so that was the place of power and influence at the time, the most powerful city in the world. And he had a vision to go and to share the hope of Christ. So he finally makes it to Rome some 10 years after he started that church in Philippi. And he gets to see the fulfillment of his dream. He makes it to Rome. He's sharing the gospel in this place of power and influence until he gets arrested for preaching the gospel. And he literally now is in a prison cell. We literally learn in Acts 28 that the Apostle Paul spent two years in that prison cell, chained to a prison guard, just basically waiting for his fate to be defined and determined. And so he was either going to be sentenced to death or he's basically just going to die in prison. So you're talking about a hopeless situation. Well, in this situation, he writes a letter to the people back in Philippi, and he's basically expressing his love, his appreciation, his gratitude for their generosity and all that they had done to encourage him. So we're going to pick it up in Philippians chapter 1. If you have your Bibles or maybe your Bible app, you can follow along with me. Of course, we'll have the verses there on the screen for you. But Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, here's what Paul said. He said, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And he said, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished when, when Christ Jesus returns. I love that. It's such a great uh, reassurance that, hey, what Jesus has started in you, he's going to continue to finish his divine purpose in and through our lives. So what God starts, he always finishes in our lives. So he picks it up and he says, so it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth about the good news. And so if anybody had a right, basically, to be upset and discouraged and defeated about their current state, their current situation, their circumstances, you talk about somebody going through something, the Apostle Paul was going through something, and if he could have changed anything about what he was going through, it would have been to be able to be free from that prison so he could get back into sharing the gospel to the people there in Rome. But here's the amazing thing about what Paul experienced. You see, what often we see as a setback, sometimes God actually uses as a set up in our lives. And so Paul basically had a shift in his perspective. And so through this entire experience, here's what we learn. We actually learned that the apostle Paul was in this situation and he suddenly turned a negative into a positive. And I think what we really will learn from Paul's life are two important questions. 
Now, these two important questions, I think, are critical to help us get through what we're going through. And so I would encourage you to jot these down. In fact, I would encourage you to maybe a sticky note. Put these on your refrigerator door, maybe uh, your bathroom mirror. For the rest of this year of 2020, two questions, and here they are. Now what? So what? Now what? So what? So those are two questions you need to remind yourself with that will help you in 2020 to get through what we are going through, or maybe a few months from now, what we've been through, I believe these two questions will help really shape and even define our destiny as we come through what we're going through healthier, stronger, and better before. So let's unpack those for just a moment. Let's look at the question, now what? Because the Apostle Paul said these words in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. He said, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me, notice everything that he's going through, everything that has happened to him. He was arrested, thrown into prison. Maybe your current situation, you've lost your job, going through some financial hardships, going through some difficult times in your life. You've had some setbacks. Everything Paul said that has happened to me, notice the outcome, has helped spread the good news for everyone here, including the whole palace guard that knows that I am in chains because of Christ. Wow. So here's what the Apostle Paul is experiencing. The Apostle Paul is in a situation where he could have easily been fixated on the question why. And that's what's natural. That's what most people do when they go through difficulties is they sit back and they say, well, why is all this happening? Why did this happen to me? Why am I having to go through this? But the Really, the right question is, rather than why, I think the more appropriate question is, now what? Now what? You see, what Paul could have easily been discouraged and defeated by, suddenly he had a shift in perspective and he began to realize that, you know what, there is a purpose. In other words, there is a why behind the what that I'm facing right now. And because I don't have to understand the why, to trust God for the what that I'm facing. So now I can actually put my complete trust that, you know what, right here in the middle of my prison, there is a purpose that God wants to fulfill. And you know what it was? It was to advance the good news of Jesus Christ. So here's what's amazing to me. Here he was in a prison cell. He's literally locked up in a prison and right there in the middle of his prison, he discovers his purpose. And what was it? It was to share the good news. What was his dream and his vision? It was to go to Rome. It was to preach the good news. He thought maybe it was going to be fulfilled in a different way, but God had a different purpose. In other words, there was a bigger why behind why Paul was in prison. Do you realize that while he was in prison, he went on to write two-thirds of the New Testament? Do you realize that while he was in prison, check this out, for those two years, did you know that the Roman guards were considered to be some of those powerful and influential people. And guess what? God used Paul in that prison cell, listen to this, to witness and to share the message, the good news of Jesus Christ with those Roman soldiers. Did you know within a 24-hour time period, they would have a shift change 
every six hours. That meant that every 24 hours, the Apostle Paul had the opportunity while he was chained to four different prison guards, imperial guards, might I, may I add, which were very powerful and influential. He had the privilege and the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with four of those guards every 24 hours. So when you think about the current situation, he's saying, hey, this has happened to me in order that the gospel of Jesus Christ could be advanced. So here he is helping now impact some of the most powerful and influential people with the good news of Jesus Christ. So rather than asking the question, God, why is all this happening? And by the way, can I just tell you, God did not bring the coronavirus on us. Listen, let me just set the record straight. I, my theology, my understanding of God's word, listen, we live in a broken, fallen, sinful world. Therefore, God didn't bring this coronavirus into our lives to make our lives miserable. I do believe that God is going to use what we've been through so that we can come out better and stronger and healthier. Why? Because it is forcing everybody, the entire planet, to stop. And I believe it's God's way for us to be still and to know that He is God. Did you get that? I think one of the most important things for us to do sometimes is just to simply pause and ask the question, now what? God, in light of everything that's going on in my life, now what? God, I just lost my job. Now what? God, my spouse just walked out on me. Now what? God, I'm having difficulties in my, in my health and the diagnosis that I, just got, that I just received. Now what? You see, when we focus on the question, now what? Here's what we begin to do. We begin to realize that maybe God is going to meet us in the middle of our prison in order to fulfill a greater purpose in and through our life. Maybe the question is, now what? God, what do you want to say to me? Now what? What do you want to do in me? Now what? What do you want to do through me? Now what is the next assignment you have for me? I want to share with you an amazing story of a friend of mine who um, was a very successful orthopedic surgeon. And um, he, for over 20 years, had performed uh, literally thousands of surgeries and helped so many people through so many different physical circumstances. Well, well one day he was out riding his, his road bike. He was a um, very avid uh, cyclist. And, and one day as he's riding his bike, unfortunately, in broad daylight, there was a hit and run situation. Uh, a person literally rammed into the back of him, literally catapulted him, um, you know, off his bike, a near fatal tragedy had almost occurred in his life. The, the man who hit him or the, whoever the person was that hit him uh, took off. And so here he was literally um, surviving for his life. Long story short, had uh, multiple lacerations, uh, broken bones. They had to fuse um, the lower part of his spine back together. And through all of the time and rehabilitation and all the pain that he had had to endure, he could no longer practice. He could no longer uh, perform surgeries. 
And so here was a person who was very successful in their line of work, and it could have been very easy for him to have said, okay, God, well, why is all this happening to me? Why, you know, why did I have to go through that? And so it could have, it could have been a situation. He could have been down, defeated, depressed, discouraged, maybe could have thrown into the towel because of what he was going through. You see, sometimes life's interruptions can actually become God's divine interventions in our life. And that's what happened to my friend. And through the situation, the circumstances that occurred, God gave him an idea, a revelation about putting together a supplement, an organic supplement, all natural supplement that would be used as a, as a, a, a pain reducer and a, uh, a, a something that would reduce the swelling in people's lives due to injuries. And here he was in all of this chronic pain, and now he came up with a solution through a supplement to help people overcome the pain in their life. And he shared with me one day, he said, you know what, Rodney? He said, you know, I helped thousands of people through traditional surgeries. He said, but now I'm going to be able to help millions of people around the world because of what God has given to me through this idea. And I believe, listen, what the enemy has meant for evil, God can turn it around. And you know what? He can bring something good out of the bad. You see, the question is, now what? God, now what is it that you want me to do? So when we understand that, the next question is this. So there's not only a now what, but there's also a second question that is, so what? And here again, the apostle Paul is writing to his brothers and sisters in Christ, and he kind of shifts his conversation from words of encouragement and words of really of um, thankfulness of all that they had done for him to now giving them some gentle instructions because they had become, in many ways, divided. They were becoming divisive because there was jealousy, there was rivalry taking place among some of the teachers. So we pick it back up in Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 19, and here's what Paul said. He said, it's true that some of you are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know that I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my chains more painful to me. In other words, what he was saying is, is that, hey, there are some that are preaching the good news of Jesus with sincere and pure motives because they're all about just pointing people to Jesus. But there are others out there that are taking the message of Jesus, but they're leveraging that to really draw attention to themselves. But here's what Paul said, and this is critical. This goes to the so what question. He said, but that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will, I will continue to rejoice for I know that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. So really the question is, now what? And then so what? You know what that question, so what does? Here's what it does. It really helps us to focus on what really matters. You know what? Maybe some of you, you're in a situation where now you're jobless. Right now, you're concerned about the future, and rightfully so. There's a lot of things we don't know, can't control about the future. And it has a lot of people worried, stressed, they're carrying anxiety, they're wrecked with fear and all the uncertainty that goes with it. But here's the thing, we can't control what happens to us, 
but we can choose our response. And the thing that we learn from the question, so what, is this. So what is it, God, through this situation that I'm going through? I didn't ask for it. It was forced upon me. And now I'm in this situation. So what do I need to focus on? So what is most important right now? So what do I need to do as a husband, as a father? So what do I need to do as a mom, as a wife? So what do I need to do now as a student that a lot of my hopes and dreams and aspirations have been put on hold? So what is it, God, that you want me to hear from you. God, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. So what is my assignment now? You see, when we put things in that kind of perspective, here's what it does. It helps us keep our eyes focused on God, because if we're not careful, we can start focusing on how big our problems are rather than focusing on how big our God is. And when we choose the focus on what God can do and God, what God will do and what he wants, more importantly, to accomplish in us and through us, the only way we can get through what we're going through and come out on the other side healthier and stronger and honestly more focused and more resilient and better prepared for what God wants to accomplish in and through our lives is for us to really process those two questions now what and so what? You see, when we focus on those two questions, here's what it does. What we see as life's interruptions can become divine, listen to this, divine interventions where I believe God can take a set back and use as a greater set up because we will discover the why behind the what and we can trust God for the what, even though we may not understand the why. So whatever it is you're going through, just know that God has a plan. God has a purpose. He's working his plan in you and through you. He's going to finish what he has started. And whatever you do, like the Apostle Paul said, hey, for me to live as Christ, for me to die, is even better because I'll be in the presence of my Lord. He said that in verse 21. So here's what I want to encourage you with. Today, hey, put your eyes on the Lord because he's the only one that's going to see you through as it relates to what you're going through. Now what? So what? Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, let me just say, if you're watching maybe on your TV screen or on your computer screen or maybe you're on your mobile phone, whatever you're doing, I just want to invite you just to close your eyes for just a moment. Maybe the now what question is something that you need to process in your life. Maybe you're a believer, you're a Christian, and you've taken your eyes off the Lord. Maybe you've turned inward and you've gotten angry or bitter, or maybe you're just emotionally, you're down, you're defeated, you're discouraged. Maybe you've been focusing on the why as opposed to the now what, God. Some of you, maybe the so what question is something you need to really use to focus on what God has for you next. And maybe that next step for you is maybe for you to put your faith and your trust in Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe you haven't been 
exposed to church. Maybe you haven't heard a message like this before. And maybe you've never come to the realization that, hey, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe today, right where you are, you just need to just pause right now. You need to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. You can say something like this. You can pray it with me. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin. And today, by faith, I believe that you died on a cross and you rose again. And I'm inviting you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, if you just prayed that prayer just then, I want you to look at me for just a moment. I just want to say congratulations. You just made life's greatest decision. And can I invite you right now just to text me, just text me on that number on the screen and say, hey, I prayed the prayer. I made that decision. One of those two phrases, I prayed the prayer, made that decision. Just text me on that number on the screen. And I want to send you a little booklet that I put together called Rethinking Life Every Day. It's a little um, digital PDF. We'll send it to you. You can um, have it to help guide you through um, some of the things you just heard, but also it will help give you kind of a, a blueprint, a framework to start living your life, to grow and become all that God intended for you to be. Once you know, I love you. Hey, I, I, we're all in this together. And with God's help, we will get through what we're going through. Don't forget those two important words. Now what? So what? Put those on your refrigerator, put them in a visible place and let those be reminders of what God can and what God will do in and through the season of your life. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.